0: Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 516. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon's Pill As part of our Art of Living author interview series, our guest today is Dr. Daniel Levitin. Dr. Levitin is author of the new book, Successful Aging A Neuroscientist Explores the Power and Potential of Our Lives. Daniel Leventon is an award-winning neuroscientist, musician, and best-selling author. His research encompasses music, the brain, health, productivity, and creativity. As a musician, Dr. Leventon, who plays the tenor sax, the guitar, he sings vocals, and he plays bass, he's performed with Mel Torme, David Byrne, Roseanne Cash, Sting, Bobby McFerrin, Victor Wooten, and Tom Scott. Leventon has produced and consulted on albums by artists including Stevie Wonder, Steely Dan, Joni Mitchell, and on the films Good Will Hunting and Pulp Fiction, and has been awarded 17 gold and platinum records. Dr. Daniel Leventon will share with us all about successful aging, the purpose approach to aging, and some simple strategies for aging well.
1: The poet Dylan Thomas wrote that one should not go gentle to that good night. That old age should burn and rage at close of day. As a younger man reading that poem, I saw futility in those words. I saw aging only as a failing, a failing of the body, of the mind, and even of the spirit. I saw my grandfather suffer aches and pains. Once agile and proudly sufficient by his 60s, he struggled to swing a hammer and was unable to read the label on a box of Trisket crackers without his glasses. I listened as my grandmother forgot words and I cried when she eventually forgot what year it was. At work, I watched as people neared retirement age, the spark gone from their eyes, the hope from their smiles, counting the days until they could walk away from it all Yet with only the vaguest plans about what would do once they had so much free time, all day, every day. But as I've grown older myself and have spent more time with people who are in the last quarter of their lives, I've seen a different side of aging. My parents are now in their mid-80s and are as engaged with life as they have ever been, immersed in social interactions, spiritual pursuits, hiking and nature and even starting new professional projects. They look old, but they feel like the same people they were 50 years ago, and this amazes them. Where certain faculties have slowed, they find that extraordinary compensatory mechanisms have kicked in, positive changes in outlook, punctuated by the exceptional benefits of experience. Yes. Minds might process information more slowly than younger ones, but they can intuitively synthesize a lifetime of information and make smarter decisions based on decades of learning from their mistakes. Among the many advantages of being old, they are less fearful of calamities because they've been dealt a few in the past and managed through them. Resilience, both their own and each other's, is something they know they can count on. At the same time, they are comfortable with the idea that they might die soon. That's not the same as saying they want to die, but they no longer fear it. They've lived full lives and treat each new day as an opportunity for new experiences.
0: That, of course, is our guest today, Dr. Daniel Levitin, reading from his New York Times best-selling book, Successful Aging. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better show via internet phone, Dr. Daniel Levitin. Dr. Daniel Levitin, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you for having me, Paul.
0: It's good to talk to you. I think this is going to be an exciting subject. We are kind of uh, mid-February here. Um It's uh, cold and gray outside, and uh, you probably are very busy. You're a busy man as a performing musician, but you've also uh, written a number of books, uh, The Organized Mind. You've written a number of books about music. But your latest book, Successful Aging, is what I've got here in my hand. What led you to the subject of the evolving power of uh, the aging brain?
1: Well, I think what it was... Was that I realized that neuroscientists had learned quite a bit about uh, the aging brain and about the practical things all of us can do to keep our brains healthy and poised to uh, grow old along with us, rather than petering out before our our time is up. And most of that information hadn't trickled down to the average reader. Uh, neuroscientists or scientists in general, as you know, are often loathe to spend their time writing books, but I I feel that it's an ethical obligation in that in the United States and Canada and much of Western Europe, the research we do is largely supported by government grants and the money for those come from the taxpayer, and I feel like the taxpayer has a right to know what we're up to.
0: <laughs> Let me just ask you kind of an overarching question here. Do we understand aging correctly? And maybe maybe tell us what the scientific literature uh, tells us and, and maybe what you learned uh, when you were researching the book, Successful Aging.
1: I used to think of aging as a time of just decline. In fact, most people did. Maybe most people still do. Uh, but it's based on... Uh, a state of the world 50 or 60 years ago and hasn't kept up with the reality, the reality of scientific research with longevity. You know, there are more people over a hundred now, uh, not just in raw numbers, but as a proportion of the population than at any time in history, I mean, you'd have to go back to old Testament times when people were living to 600 and a thousand, if you believe that, to find those kinds of numbers. But um, the, the reality is that old age is a developmental stage like any other, like adolescence, like middle age. Um, there are some benefits to it. There are some disadvantages. And in the case of old age, as I said, a number of compensatory mechanisms kick in um, and it kind of evens out. Uh, and and I think the one of the myths is that we stop growing new neurons and that we stop making new connections. And that's not true. We used to think it, but we know it's not true. You you and I are creating new connections in our brains right now just by having conversation and we're growing new neurons as we sleep. Uh, by some estimates up to 700 a day in the hippocampus alone, that's the memory center. So um, I think, you know, a lot of what I learned about the book was uh things that were peripheral to my main interests. I, f- I felt that the book had to have a section on diet and exercise and sleep. And I know a bit about sleep. I had been trained in a sleep lab, but diet and exercise were outside my wheelhouse. And I spent a lot of time looking into that and and learned a lot from that.
0: Uh, you, you have this wonderful sense of humor. In my research of you, I found you... Um... As I say, you're a very talented person in the arts as well as neuroscience. And you mentioned this myth about aging, and we certainly have kind of a myth about our cognitive ability. You have this great joke that you've—I've heard you tell about the older couple, and I wonder if you maybe tell us that joke because that kind of ties into this idea of myths. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
1: Uh, so there's an older couple, uh, and they're Experiencing some beginnings of memory problems, they're sitting in their living room watching television, and the wife says to her husband, uh, she says, would, would you go get me a scoop of ice cream? He says, sure. She said, you better write it down. The doctor said, you have to write down everything because we're forgetful. And he said, I don't need to write that down. I can remember ice cream. It's right there in the freezer. So he gets up off the couch, and he's walking towards the door. She says, oh, oh, and um, and put some whipped cream on it, would you? He says, fine, ice cream, whipped cream. She says, You got to write it down. He says, I don't have to write it down. I can re- I'm not a baby. I, I'm not an imbecile. I can remember ice cream and whipped cream. She says, All right. The doctor said, He said, No, no, it's fine. Uh, he just gets to the door and he's crossing into the kitchen and she says, And um, please put some walnuts on top. Walnuts are in the top shelf. He says, Fine. She says, Write it down. He says, I don't have to. He comes back half an hour later with a plate of scrambled eggs. And she looks at it and she says, I told you you had to write things down. Where's the toast?
0: <laughs> I love that. When I when I heard that the first time I laughed out loud and, and I'm smiling ear to ear, Dr. Levitt did that. It's, I think that's a great joke. But that, that certainly is one of the myths that, you know, we just we become a little bit forgetful. So maybe tell us what are some of the role models maybe that we have uh, for kind of aging in the future?
1: Oh, well, this was the funnest part of the book, was was connecting with people who are really firing on all cylinders and doing great. Uh, people like Jane Goodall, who at 89, one of the world's foremost primatologists, but not doing much field work anymore, uh, but still keep, pre-COVID, kept up a punishing travel schedule. And her new mission is to recruit school children to help fight climate, the effects of climate change and protect rainforests and things. Uh, she runs a foundation and she tries to recruit uh, volunteers for it. Or Jack Weinstein, a 97-year-old federal judge in Brooklyn who never retired, was handling a full caseload. And in fact, uh, his colleagues were giving him the more difficult cases. Um, or Judy Collins, who at age 80 launched a new tour doing new material with a new collaborator, Stephen Stills, whom she had never uh, toured with or collaborated with, and reinvented some of her old material, wrote new songs with him. Uh, I think my, uh, another one is the Dalai Lama. When I met with him uh, to interview him for the book, he was 84 and had just published his 125th book. And he's still going strong. We wrote an op-ed together about six months ago. Um, And then my favorite, uh role model is julia hurricane hawkins she's a 104 year old competitive runner a retired school teacher from baton rouge louisiana she didn't even take up competitive running until she was 99 or 100 and didn't take up competitive sports till she was 75 when she started training to become a cyclist uh she's broken uh, world records taken home gold medals in the senior games. Both as a cyclist and as, as a runner.
0: Yeah, I, I especially loved in the book the the reference to Jane Goodall and her quote: "Instead of slowing down, you have to speed up. Don't retire." <laughs> I just thought that was great, and you seem to be you seem to be keeping yourself so busy. What what's up for the next chapter in your life?
1: Oh well, you know, uh, keeping busy if it's if you find meaning in the work and enjoyment is important, and you know Jane and. Uh, and others said, Judy Collins, others said, don't retire. If you must retire from something for whatever reason, retire to something else. Um, What's on the horizon for me is that I I continue to run a laboratory, and uh, there's new students coming in all the time, and the older students help train the younger ones, and then they go off and go to Uh, graduate school or postdoctoral positions or they become faculty members uh, or they join companies like Amazon. Um, That's a very rich life doing the neuroscientific research. And uh, I'm still pursuing music. I toured with Victor Wooten, a bass friend of mine, in January. We did half a dozen shows together before the lockdown. And I'm just getting ready to release my second album. Uh, When I when I started writing the book, one of the pieces of advice that I came across from the neuroscientific research is that after the age of 55, you have to push yourself outside your comfort zone. And the reason for that is because there are neurochemical changes that cause your brain to be less exploratory. I mean, we know that older adults tend to get set in their ways. And that's not healthy for the brain, and you know we have to push back against it. We can't go quietly into that good night of complacency, to paraphrase Dylan Thomas. So I figured I I needed to up my game with music and uh, play in styles I had never played before, like improvisatory jazz with Victor uh, and funk. And I mean I had been a, a professional musician since I was 16. Um, but you know, within a, within a wheelhouse of rock and folk and, uh, and that style of music, pop music. So, um, pushing myself in other directions, uh, part of that was upping my game with songwriting. And so I was very, very lucky to get two teachers. I've been writing songs all along, but I, by everybody's accounts, I wasn't that good at it, but, um, I worked at it, and then I got uh, not teachers really, but mentors in Rodney Crowell, one of the great American songwriters, multiple Grammy winner, and Joni Mitchell, another great songwriter, of course, and Grammy winner. And I I said they weren't teachers because we didn't have lessons, but they mentored me. They picked out things they liked, they made suggestions for different directions I might take. Um, they were, And so as a consequence, I, with, with their encouragement, I released an album of my own material last January, 2020. That's what Victor and I were touring. And I've got another one in the can. I'm just designing the artwork, and it'll come out in a couple of months, I hope, on vinyl and, and digital. It's called Sex and Math. The first record was called Turnaround. That's on Spotify and Apple Music and Google Play and all the usual things. But the new one is Sex and Math.
0: Hi, it's Paul. I want to share a quick message from today's sponsor, Amazon Pharmacy. You know, many of us in the Not Old Better Show audience are taking multiple medications to stay healthy and vital. Amazon Pharmacy gives you a great sense of relief because you don't have to consider the ordering, the waiting in line, the delivery of your important prescription medications because they come directly to your door. It is super easy. You can have your doctor's office send your next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy. Then Amazon Pharmacy sorts out your meds by day and time for your ease of digestion and consumption. And any other pharmacy items, like inhalers, etc., are available there at Amazon Pharmacy, too. You can use your insurance. Amazon Pharmacy works with most nationwide insurance plans. Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Through my existing Amazon Prime account, I signed up for Amazon Pharmacy, which, of course, was very easy, simple, yet thorough – because they asked me about any health issues, what I might be allergic to, any vitamins I take, et cetera, et cetera. And then Amazon Pharmacy reached out to my primary care physician to coordinate all of that. You know, I shop on Amazon all the time and I love the Amazon system, how easy it is to use. There's plenty of delivery options. They always give me updates as to where my delivery is in terms of tracking. You know, I'm just familiar with Amazon. And now, I'm getting familiar with Amazon Pharmacy. It's just that I cherish and value the option of not waiting in line at the pharmacy. This is just plain safer for us right now and in the future. One less errand to run. And the medications arrive safely right at our doorstep. I even use my flexible spending account, my HSA, my health savings account when purchasing, and I get even greater savings. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medications when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash NotOldBetterRx. We're going to have all of this in the show notes, but that's Amazon, A-M-A-Z-O-N, dot com slash Rx. Amazon.com slash not better Rx. And now back to our interview with New York Times best selling author Dr. Dan Levitin. And we will learn about successful aging, the purpose approach to aging, and some simple strategies for aging well. You're not going to want to miss this, so stay tuned. We are with Dr. Daniel Levitin. Dr. Levitin is the author of the New York Times bestseller Successful Aging. We're talking about aging, we're talking about doing it successfully, but we're certainly hearing about all of your successful work. We're going to put links up to where you can find out more information about Dr. Leventon's music, his book, Successful Aging, the, his other books, and all of the other cool things that Dr. Leventon is doing. In the in the book, the excellent book, Successful Aging, Dr. Leventon, you, you talk about this idea of memory and, and the sense of you. And so I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit about that, what that means. And I I guess specifically, I'm wondering, does that have to do with our personality and how we age?
1: It's so interesting that you bring that up. This is a topic that's fascinated me since I was a student. And I wrote an abbreviated version of it, uh, of the story uh, for The Atlantic, uh, which you can find online uh, for free. I'm sure it's not behind a paywall. It's... uh, it's about memory and your sense of self and what we learn from amnesia. And it came about because a schoolmate of mine got brain cancer and started to lose his memory as they told him he would. And by the time I went to see him, uh, he, he, he was pretty far gone, but he knew that he had a memory deficit. And he sat me down. His name was Tom Docherty, by the way. And Tom said, um, you know, He's a very sweet guy I said forgive me for asking you this uh I, i've got a brain tumor uh it's affecting my memory you don't look familiar your name isn't familiar can you tell how we knew each other and i told him and in the process of interacting with him i realized he's still there but he and and he and i both had a sense of who he is his kindness was still there, his uh, his his good-naturedness, his courage in the face of this thing. But he had lost so much. He didn't know if he was somebody who liked chocolate ice cream or vanilla or ice cream at all. He didn't know what kind of music he liked. He didn't remember what kind of person he was. He asked me, was I nice to other people? Uh, was I arrogant? Was I... Um, Short tempered. He knew none of these things. So it underscores that our memory really is intimately connected with who we are and our sense of who we are. And yet, our personality, in many lucky cases, uh, doesn't change. He was the same guy, he just didn't have any memory of who he was before.
0: You talked a little bit about being in lockdown and we're all kind of, um, you know, socially distanced and uh, practicing some um, safe uh, kind of steps around around COVID and uh, hopefully you're healthy and your family's healthy and everybody's good and you're on the road to getting a vaccine soon. But I wonder if you'd maybe share with us some simple strategies for for aging successfully, but also those strategies that can help us guard against the impact of an infection? Because I think that's important to our audience too, right now, especially.
1: Well, let me start with that. Uh, I I live in um, a blue state and in a blue neighborhood of a blue state. And I mention that because uh, in the red states, in the red region, who still believe that COVID is a hoax uh, and they go around without masks But even here in my neighborhood in the Hollywood Hills, uh, we go for walks every day, my wife and I, with our dog. Half half the people are maskless and unapologetic about it. And so, you know, masks do work. Frequent hand washing, 25 seconds. You know, social distancing. All these measures work. The vaccines. um, The vaccines will help. Uh, but we don't know how long they'll last. These social distancing measures and other precautions will probably be in place for a while. And one of the things that surprised me when I did research for the book is the ineffectiveness of most vitamins and dietary supplements. It's a multi-billion dollar a year industry, and the purveyors of them don't want you to know this, but there's, there's very little evidence that any of them work they uh, they 're just a way to spend your money now you placebo effects are strong if you think it 's helping you that the belief that it will may help but uh, even in studies where people are given the supplement versus a placebo uh the placebo effect isn 't strong enough that uh, it, it you know, or, or versus being given something really helpful uh, it, it doesn't it doesn 't pan out but that said um some medical experts are recommending as a precaution during COVID to take some uh, supplements that I'll detail here that have been around for a long time. They, they're they not going to hurt you if you buy it from a reputable company, meaning that the purity and the um, strength is well-regulated. Regulate is the wrong word because the FDA doesn't regulate su- uh, supplements, but Um, And so you don't really know what you're getting, but if it's a reputable company, your pharmacist recommends it, that's pretty good. So what people are recommending is 50 milligrams of zinc every day, um, 1 to 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C, that's 1 to 2 grams, uh, along with uh, quercetin, 25 milligrams, and vitamin D, 2,000 to 4,000 IU. You shouldn't just start any of these things without talking to your doctor because you might have an underlying condition that means you shouldn't take them, or they might interfere with uh, other medications you're taking. Uh, Too much vitamin D can lead to vitamin D toxicity. But you know, properly administered under the guidance of a physician, these things can help boost your immunity. And other things can boost your immunity, oxygenating the blood, getting up and moving around following a good, reasonable diet of varied foods and not junk food and and not much refined sugar. Uh, Getting a good night's sleep is important. And all of these things together can help us during the lockdown.
0: Dr. Daniel Evington, author of the book, New York Times bestseller, Successful Aging, has been our guest today dr levington and what a pleasure it's been to talk to you the book is excellent i'm just going to really highly recommend it to our audience and just as it's important in aging to maintain vital social connections my hope is that that you'll maintain a, a vital social connection with us and our audience and come back and see us sometime because we'd love to talk to you more i know there's a whole bunch of other things that you're doing that we'd love to hear about so but thank you so much for your time today and uh we appreciate it and uh stay healthy
1: I very much would like to come back. Thank you for the good conversation, and I hope you and yours stay healthy and happy as well.
0: My thanks to Dr. Daniel Leventon. My thanks to Amazon PillPack for sponsoring the show today. And please check out our show notes for great offers from Amazon PillPack to support our sponsors. My thanks, of course, to you, my wonderful Not Old Better show audience. I hope you're in line for the vaccine, practicing smart social distancing, staying safe and healthy, and talking about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.